Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Via telephone. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Look at you. You got that corona, don't you? <laughs> Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Uh, also here, my fellow nerd, Garrett Price. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going pretty good. I don't have the corona yet. Ooh, yet. 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 And we're also here with a special guest today, Jared Wackerly. What's up? Jared Wackerly is uh, a member of the Nerd Herd. Puts out some great tweets um, out of our business development. He, you can see him on our YouTube channel every Wednesday, the day this podcast comes out, where he does our film breakdowns with Nick Whalen and Garrett uh, tonight which is Wednesday that the show comes out. They're breaking down DeAndre Swift, yep. Jonathan Taylor, yep. and J.K. Dobbins. Ooh, the consensus top three running backs. So make sure you check into the YouTube channel tonight. Um, and if it's if you're listening to this on a Thursday or some other random day, go back and watch the video. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got the podcast coming to the YouTube channel very soon. We got a lot of good things coming to the YouTube channel. So if you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, you should definitely do that. Quick note on that. We are starting it a little bit early because we're covering three guys, so we're starting at 9.45. Ooh, a quick note would be a post-it note. So that would be quicker. Post-it. You should be like a post-it, post-it note, note. That. I'm just going to stick this here. That's Eastern time. That's good. EST. Eastern. Yes, EST. yes. Being so close to Easter, that's very important as well. Yes. yes. So we do have Jared here today. Um, Jared does the scouting as well. But Jared, you actually played quarterback in college. I did. I played at the University of Akron for a few years. Had the chance to play under a couple good coaches, uh, offensive coordinators. Walt Harris, he was the head coach at Notre Dame for a while. Coached Larry Fitzgerald. Everybody knows who that guy is, right? Yep. Yep. And then mm-hmm. uh, Joe Moorhead was my quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator when I was at Akron. He was just the head coach at Mississippi State. So I had the opportunity to play under a couple good guys there. Um, never really started a game, but I had a lot of good experience just from being in the film room, stuff like that. You know, you pick up a lot of a lot of things. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Could you throw the ball over a mountain? Uh, like 60 yards? All right, well, you know. Take Small it, hill. We'll take his word for what, what it is. Because um, today it's important. Because today we, we start our precedented rookie coverage. Precedented? Why not unprecedented? Unprecedented rookie <laughs> coverage. That's right. Today we start talking QBs. And we're not talking about quiet butts because it's Taco Tuesday. So that's impossible. Yep. We're talking about quarter backs that's where we start that's where we start every year uh today we're going to cover half the quarterbacks on the free show the other half of quarterbacks on the nerd herd next week we will get into the tight ends uh after that we will do one free show covering free agency and then in the nerd episode we will kick off the running back coverage so you gotta make sure you're a nerd herd member to hear the, us talk about jk dobbins jonathan taylor cam makers deandre swift yes you yep. know all those guys yep. so before there's obviously some news and notes again this week as well. We will start hearing this as they start rolling through as free agency uh, starts to open here uh, with Austin Eckler news. We'll get into that before we break down the quarterbacks. But before we do, a word from our sponsor, DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. It's where you can be an NFL GM. It's where you can take being an awesome fantasy football player and allocate that and those that skill set to become an actual all around 
feeling of an NFL GM. This is your chance to do it. Dynasty Owner is the only padded fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player. There is no di- offseason in Dynasty Owner, just like there is no offseason here at Dynasty Nerds. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and all those contracts, all those dollars matter. And the price is going up because with this new CBA possibly passing, there's going to be more money to go around. This year, they're going to have their initial launch. Last year was the beta. A lot of you guys got in, so now's the time to get on there with the actual league going today um they got their mobile app in development which is gonna be ready for the download for ios and android so you can do all your rookie drafts on there their mock draft tool looks great mock drafts are open now on the desktop and mobile browsers to learn more and mock draft for free go to dynastyowner.com so the biggest news this week was austin eckler and if you were able to make a move, I'm in here. I'm in two two ships here. One foot in one ship, one foot in another. So I'm standing here on you know bloody waters. What, what happens if those those ships diverge? Well, good thing for you, I could do the splits. Ah, that's right. I'm very very stretchable, like or flexible. Or flexible. I think it, that might be the word. <laughs> stretchable. My name is Stretch Armstrong Junior. 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 Would it be or the third? The third. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, that's least me. The, at least the third. That yeah. could be the fourth. Least, uh, yeah. Old Grandpa Stretch uh, really taught me just about everything I know. So Junior, 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 though. I, but, I like that more, actually. I think that's what I, I prefer that. Junior, Junior, Junior? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twitter account for richisms. The Junior, Junior, Junior. Um, where I'm in a league where I trade away Austin Eckler for 2021st last year when I was out of the playoffs. And then I actually acquired Austin Eckler in another league where I have Melvin Gordon because I have a lot of Melvin Gordon this year. So I feel really good in the league that I acquired him. Not, we'll see what happens with my first round pick in 2020. Yeah. See how I feel bad about But he signed a four-year deal, $15 million guaranteed. That is really good money. Um, he's making about, what, $6, 7000000 million a year, which is, in this day and age, top-end yeah. money when it comes to running backs. Yeah, he's... And he's worth it. That's the thing that he showed last year is not only is he obviously one of the best pass catching backs in the league. That's that's what he's known for. But he was effective enough between the tackles to to keep him honest. And so for a fantasy asset, if you own him, you've you've gotta be thrilled. I still wouldn't be shocked if they add a running back maybe late in the draft, fourth, fifth, you know, somewhere day three. Um, and it, Justin Jackson could get they on like the field. They like Justin Jackson out there. He could get on the field some more too. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he is going to get, you know, 90% of the workload, but uh, I, I think what we saw the first four or five weeks of the year last year might be a thing. So, oh, and, and a couple of and top a couple three of running backs. Yeah, a couple of quick things. Obviously, I mean, he caught 92 uh, balls last year, so he's a PPR machine. But he's only 24 years old. So this is a guy, I mean, I know he feels like he's been around for a few years, but he's still relatively young. And with that contract number, he's likely to to be around for a while because it's not one of these it's not one of these fourteen million dollar a year type of contracts where they're looking to get out from underneath it two years down the line. He's sell, he's signed relatively cheap. And as the as the cap goes up and up and up, that's that number is just going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So he's a guy that, as long as he stays productive, he'll be there with the Chargers. Yeah, I I feel like this is a good contract. He's a four year player, so I feel like 
he's really gonna he he's the kind of player that's gonna break that hashtag two to three year window mold because not only did he get last year as a top three fantasy running back, but he's gonna be there for I would say minimum three years. Like Matt said, that deal is just gonna look really good. And like Matt on a really bad weekend, he he catches a lot of balls. So this is a really good spot for fantasy relevance and. This is what we look for. So we talk about this all the time on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. You know, we don't judge players about what we think they're going to do for the N- their NFL team. Okay, that's great. That's for that's for Marquise Brown. That's for Will Fuller. That's for those kind of guys. We care about the guys who are going to score the most fantasy football points. That's why I've always been down on Derrick Henry. It's because he doesn't catch the ball well. He's not very. He's a good fantasy player last year. But he's got to score a lot of yards, and he's got to run for a lot of yards and score a lot of touchdowns. Austin Eckler does both. He had over 900 receiving yards last year. That alone puts him in the running back one category. So he's an asset. I put on Twitter four days ago. I'm like, what's the, you know that new deal? What's the highest draft pick you would give up? I asked if people would give a pick three to five, six to eight, nine to twelve, and it was actually a dead tie with over 1,500 votes. Between six and eight and nine and twelve, with thirty-four percent of the vote going that way. So I want to ask you guys right now, because I would give up as high as pick one six, me personally for Austin Eckler, because that's where that second tier starts. Or mm-hmm. honestly, for me, that third tier. When I think it's, I think I think when it's all said and done after the draft, that second tier for me of Jonathan Taylor and Jerry Judy will merge into tier one. But as of right now, those that top five to me is that elite tier. So I have no problem giving him a pick six for what I see as even if Austin Eckler takes a small drop, a top Ooh. eight, top – whoa, Matt, are you, you okay over there? You, you're, you're wrestling, I'm okay. You're wrestling a Buffalo? Yeah, you know, just a little wrestling move. I didn't think you guys would pick that up on the mic. Sorry about that. Ooh, we, a little we, zipper. Yeah. A little zipper. Dude, like I mentioned, it is Taco Tuesday, so quench, <laughs> quench those – no, no quench. Tighten up those cheeks. Tighten exactly. Them up. Tight, tighten them up. This is a family show, Matt. Please. Please. Uh, so Austin Eckler is a top, so who cares what a running back one essentially is what he could be viewed as with his pass catching ability, Christian McCaffrey light, let's say. So for me, one six is, I mean, that's, I have no problem going to one six Garrett. What say you? Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I'm, I'm looking right in that range. Uh, that six to eight range is, is something I'd be comfortable with. Hopefully you don't even have to do that. You might not, if, especially if you wait till closer to rookie drafts, that fever is only going to rise. So you might not even have to do that. No, I think you will because people that have Austin Eckler are going to know. They're truthers. They, they're truthers. They know what they have. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. You don't – it's not like you just have a guy that finished like – okay, you have Derrick Henry last year, right? People want to sit here and – I know it just comes in my mouth too much. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> Derrick – not in, out. Um, so Derrick Henry sits here and, he, I mean, he has a great fantastic yard year, leads the league in rushing. And he's still running back seven. Austin Eckler just moseys on in here. He's running back three. That's not good. That's elite status. So you're yep. talking about, again, for fantasy-wise, Austin Eckler is an elite running back. Not yep. a good running back. Not just some guy. He's an elite running back. Can he be bumped down by some of these rookies? Yes. Can he be bumped down by guys that are going to jump this year, like Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, guys that are going to get a boost into their fantasy status? Yeah, but... Still, you're talking about, I think, worst-case scenario, running back 8 to 12 for a guy like Austin Eckler let, if he stays healthy. Let me just throw out a, a possible scenario. Because, I, like I said, I'm in the same boat as you. So we, we I'm agree in two boats. This. Remember that. So well, you're in two boats. I'm in one of the boats, so I don't have to, like, do a split. Okay, cool. Um, cool. But I'm in one of the you're, two boats. You're not you. stretched junior, junior, junior. No, junior. I'm, I'm very inflexible. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're not related. <laughs> uh, hypothetically, though, Philip Rivers is we, – we already know that he's gone. 
What if they bring in somebody that is looking to constantly move the ball downfield? Uh, could that cut into instead of 900 yards, now he's at 600, 500? Does, would that potentially, you know, if it's Jameis Winston, let's say, would that hurt him, do you believe, enough for it to make you question his value? No, because he's still in the same system, same scheme. And people, you know, the quarterback's going to come in, he's still going to have the same playbook. It's not like they're going to change the playbook drastically for this new quarterback that's going to come in. It's shown that he's worked. I don't care how, what kind of, how good of a quarterback you are and how, mad, how much you want to push the, field, the ball downfield, you know, you're still going to get pressure. Things are still – people receivers are still being covered. Things are still going to break down, and your safety net's always going to be that pass catcher running back, run out, run out to the screen, run out into the flat. That's going to be your safety net. Those are – it doesn't matter who they get. And then especially if they draft a guy like Justin Herbert at six, you know, at six this yeah, is great news for Eckler. That's where those young quarterbacks are going to be looking for. You know, who could I dump the ball off to and face a pressure? Because they're not, you know, they're not they're not up to par yet. They're yep. just learning the system and everything like that. So I think Austin Eckler is going to absolutely eat, especially with Melvin Gordon out of the picture now too. For like for sure, you know, he's he's gone. He had to deal with him in the second half of the season. So that's yeah, that's another point too, Jared. It's great because he finishes running back three, and that's even when Melvin Gordon came back. There. He still finishes three. So what's he going to yeah. do when he's like the bell cow? I mean, when you get the whole cow, you put that bad boy in a freezer, you got a lot of good food in that fridge. I mean, you got the steaks, you got all kinds of good, you got some good burgers, burgers you got some good yeah. stuff out there, some good tail, <laughs> some good tail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jared, what's the highest pick you would give up right now in your leagues for Austin Eckler? So, um, in a one QB league, I'd probably go with six. I'd probably write with, there six with you guys. Yeah, but okay. if we're talking super flex, probably around nine, nine or ten. Nine or ten. Okay, super flex does change it. It does push him down about three spots to right around nine because he gets outside that top tier. Um, Matt, how about you? What say you? What would you give up for Austin Eckler, um, the same guy you traded me? <laughs> no, I, I think hey, nice little dig there, uh, Rich. I appreciate that. I bring the shovel um, if I'm not going to use it. I guess so. Um, so, yeah, that's right around there. I mean, you know, you're looking at – if you're looking to get a running back, you're going to be looking at a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's got a real similar, you know, skill uh, skill set to Austin Eckler. So I don't have a problem, you know, giving up the pick, which is, you know, somewhat of a lottery ticket anyway, because you're not exactly sure what's going to translate in the NFL and, and what's not for a guy like Austin Eckler, who who is a, a proven commodity. So I think, you know, you, you take away some of the risk. Uh, making a move for a guy like Eckler, so I don't have a problem, and and he's going to be getting picked right around that six six slot, so I don't have a problem right around there. I feel pretty comfortable giving up the number six. Yeah, it just shows you how fickle this community could be too, and even us guys that analyze this and do this um, in the industry, where like we we have a guy here who just finished his running back three, even with a guy like Melvin Gordon coming back out there, still finishing PPRs at running back three. Uh, overall, who's now designed a long-term deal and is the guy out there in the same offense, yet a different quarterback possibly. And we're talking about, oh, we wouldn't give him up for this rookie. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd rather have this upside of J.K. Dobbins. I'd rather have the upside of Jonathan Taylor. I'd rather, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't catch the ball out there in uh, in Wisconsin a lot, but I'd still rather have him than Austin Eckler, who's only 24. It, it really is funny because – you know, if you did it from an analytical aspect of it and like you're like a real like that's the way you look yeah. at it, like a numbered guy, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll take I'd give up one one for Eckler. Like he's a top three like, those guys just don't come around often. Yeah. And he's only twenty four, like we said. Fine, you talked me into it. Uh, not one one. Not one one. But I, I think I would take him ahead of I think I would take him ahead of Judy and Taylor. 
I would take him ahead. I, the more I talk about it a lot, like how good he is. You're like, talking me into it. It makes sense that you would take him over Judy And I or hate Taylor. it when you talk me into stuff, too. It, just, it makes sense. It's like, it. it's a for sure thing that you're getting a running back one. Nothing's yeah. a for sure thing. Right. Hell, Saquon Barkley last year wasn't even a, a, a top three running back. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's so if Eckler, I mean, you see this guy out there doing one-handed chin-ups? That's that's what really moved him up. It was the shirtless workouts. Yeah, he moves himself really... up with one hand, Garrett. Yeah. The guy's a beefcake. Yep. Wow. And I know I like myself a good beefcake. So yeah, like bell cows with like beefcakes. We I, we're all about it. We're I went about the meat. every league and offered my first round pick for uh, Austin Eckler. Every league declined. How high was it? Declined, huh? How high? How high was the highest one you offered? Um, I don't know. Down as high as Josh. One, one yeah, one ten <laughs> or something like that. That's how rich rolls. No, right no, no. There. I offered one six in a league. I think. Said I offered seven. a first round pick in every league in twenty twenty one. We got started at. <laughs> well, in one league, I had one three, so I did offer my twenty twenty one first. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm just trying to open the door. You know, I'm like, yeah. let's start talking. Start knock, knock, knock. High. Hey, hey, is your daughter home? Just wondering. Not here to do anything. Just wondering if she's home. Now I know she lives here. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, so let's get into our rookie coverage here. The 2020 class, rookie class. And we always start off with the quarterbacks. And I like starting off with the quarterbacks because of um, a couple things. One, it's the hardest group to really judge and analyze. You know, we say this every year. I say this every year where NFL GMs get paid millions of dollars and they can't figure it out. It is such a gamble because it's so much more than what they're, you know, what they show on the field. It's what's in their head between, you know, above the shoulders as well, where that makes these quarterbacks extremely valuable. There are two things I want out of my quarterback. I say this all the time. I don't care if you're Uncle Rico and you can throw it over a mountain. I don't care how fast you are or what kind of athlete you are. I want you to be able to do two things. I want you to be smart and I want you to be accurate. And above all, you have to be accurate. I mean, Jared, you know, right? Yeah, accuracy is my number one thing. The windows only get smaller in the NFL. Guys are faster, so you have to be able to anticipate. You have to be able to throw into those windows accurately and consistently. Yeah, so you got to be accurate. You don't see many quarterbacks get more accurate as they enter the NFL. A guy like Stafford uh, kind of breaks that mold, but you really don't see that very often. If you're not accurate, you know, it usually turns out in the NFL, you're less accurate because, like Jared said, it's even harder in the NFL. So today we're going to talk about some of these quarterbacks. We're going to get into that, and you know, you'll see a lot of debate. But I think when it comes down to these quarterbacks, you won't see a lot of debate. As we get to the tight ends, um, more so even the receivers, oh, my goodness, are we going to have a debate when we get to the receivers um, and the running backs, where it's going to vary. The draft's going to change some things. But I think with these quarterbacks, there's a clear-cut tier here of one and two, and that's, that's Tua Tugaviola out of Alabama and Joe Burrow out of LSU, the Heisman winner. So today we're going to talk about those two here. We're also going to talk about Jacob Eason, Anthony Gordon, and Steve uh, Montez Steve as Montez, well. Yeah, Colorado. And then in the nerd episode, we're going to talk about Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts, Nate Stanley, and Cole McDonald. But the consensus here is Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa. People, some people are going to like Tua, where I believe Jared Tua is your number one quarterback. Yeah, he's my number one. If you know he's able to perform before before the draft, and he might be able to play next year, I don't know. That's the big question: Is he going to be able to like produce for you on your fantasy team next year? Or are you going to have to like have him ride the pine the whole year? Well, that's going to be the big. All right now, all signs point really uh, good for Tua, where all his reports are coming up above uh, ahead of schedule, where he should be perfectly fine by the time of training camp starts. Garrett, who is your one one? At the moment, if you look at my rankings, it is Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, at the moment, okay. It's I. I have gone uh, similar to this whole J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift thing. 
Uh, I'm in a very similar position with Joe Burrow and Tua. Uh, there's really, really positive attributes about both of these players. And uh, I'm, I, I've gone back, I've watched uh, tape on both of these guys um, way, way more than, than any of the other quarterbacks because in one quarterback leagues, for the most part, that's really that's really all you're worrying about. Um, you know, super flex leagues. That's why we're covering all these other quarterbacks. Um, but in in one QB leagues, that's that's really what it's going to come down to is you know him and then uh, uh, Tua and Burrow and right. then maybe Jordan Love and Justin Herbert in one QB leagues. And but after that, you're not going to really care. So that's why I've really tried to to pour into both of these guys and and we're going to break down the attributes of both of them here as we go. Uh, but I, I'll I'll be I'll be honest. I I could see it changing for me 18 more times before the NFL draft. Matt, who's your number one? Um, so right now I'm also, I'm also leaning towards Joe Burrow, but the more and more of Tua that I watch, the more and more I like. Um, so I think it's, it's gotten a lot closer in my eyes. Um, you know, obviously the big knock on Tua, um, is just his health, man. So he's, he's had some, some dings here and there. And obviously the big hip, um, injury is, is the big one. So it's going to be, it's going to boil down to, um, do I trust to a health wise probably because they're, they're really starting to get a lot closer from a skill set standpoint in my eyes. Well, unlike you guys, I stand completely different because you're, you're right. Like Barry's uh, two has got a lot of dingles. And for me, I have Joe Burrow as a clear cut number one quarterback in this class. Um, honestly, I think if it wasn't for the injuries, I probably would still have Joe Burrow as number one after going back and looking at these guys. From what I'm seeing as Matt's building a house on the other end out of Legos and stuff. That's okay, too. He is part Amish. Uh, and Amish aren't going to listen to this, so they won't yell at me for saying that. Every, uh, are you picking up, like, every single noise? All they did was, like, move one little thing. I'll, uh, I'll take in complete silence from now on. I'm sorry. Right. How about you meditate for a little while while we try and break down these quarterback series? But going back here for Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU, six foot two and a half, 221 pounds, 9-inch hands. I'm not too worried about those 9-inch hands. Finished a year at LSU with arguably the best quarterback season we've ever seen. 402 attempts for 527 yards. That was a 76.3% completion percentage, 5,671 yards, 60 touchdowns. Unreal. Ladies and gentlemen, that's that, an NCAA yeah, that's record. No, that's an NCAA record. College football has been going on a long time. Nobody's ever thrown for 60 touchdowns. And out of that, he's only thrown six interceptions. That is equally impressive. Out of 527 attempts, over 5,600. 670 yards, only six interceptions, interceptions, even had four rushing touchdowns, um, four rushes for 60 yards or touchdowns right around there. I have those, my uh, stats mixed up here, but Burrow is somebody that, you know, he led, he led that team to a national championship in 2019. He won the Heisman. He won the Maxwell. He won the Walter camp player of the year award. He won the Johnny United's golden arm. He won the Dave O'Brien award. I mean, he's just a unanimous associated press, all American SEC Offensive Player of the Year. He won every award you can, and justifiably so. Uh, to me, I, I mentioned earlier, what do I like on my quarterback? I like a quarterback that's smart, and I like my quarterback that is accurate. And that's exactly what Joe Burrow is. He's always been accurate, too. Even going back to 2018, which was, you know, talking about a drastic leap from one year to the next, uh, he was even accurate in 2018. He's got some of the best pocket awareness I've ever seen from a college quarterback. Like, he's he's way ahead of the game there. He, tre he has tremendous touch, really good vision with the football. 
I mean, his IQ is so good, and it's on a different level where he like he understands how to read these defenses and go through his reads. You know, his pre-snap reads are great. Um, he knows how to throw his receivers open, which I love to see. And he uses that space that the defenses give him to make plays. And he'll put the ball like he'll he'll read he'll anticipate where the receiver's supposed to be, and he'll get the ball there. He also has some athleticism to him. You know, like that where we like I like Daniel Jones so much last year because I like that athleticism from the way he'd be able to move when he gets out outside the pocket. He runs tough. We saw the national championship game. He's not afraid to run for those tough yards out there. He is a general of his football team. He has really good poise. And, you know, the way, I mean, I, I can't read it perfectly. You guys might be better at this. Jared might be better at this as well. The way he was able to like manipulate some of his defenses with those eyes um, by standing there, that presence His good. Does he have the strongest arm? No, but he does have some really good deep ball accuracy. He completed over 50% of his passes on his deep balls, which is tremendous at any level, let alone the college level out there. And yes, he had some really good receivers out there, but he also put his receivers in really good positions to succeed. To me, this guy is the can't like do it all. There is no question about it. The one, one in super flexes. And again, the injury is a concern with Tua. That's my. We'll get to Tua here. That's my biggest concern with him is injuries. But again, I think even if you take the injuries out of it, I still love everything that Joe Burrow brings to the table. You know, like his pocket presence alone to me is better than Tua's. Yeah, personally, he, he moves very well in the pocket. I think you made a great point of the rushing upside that he's going to give you. Nobody really talks about that. Like people don't talk about it enough. Everybody talks about like Jalen Hurts and how athletic he is, but Joe Burrow is just as much of an athlete as Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. And he, he's not afraid to go out there and do spin moves on guys, and he's not going out of bounds. He's, he's going to run you over or something. That's, I love the gamer attitude that Burrow brings to the table. He's a straight baller. Baller. Absolutely, yeah. I, it, was, it was incredible to, to watch him do this because one of the things we talk about all the time, we amplify it, we 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 hype it up is SEC defenses. That's where everybody's getting drafted from the SEC, all the top corners, a lot of the top DNs. I mean, even though I, I do think the Big Ten doesn't get enough credit there, it's still the SEC is the closest thing we have to NFL competition. And he did it in the SEC. And I think I think that's something that that isn't being talked about enough as well mm-hmm. um is, is is how well he performed at arguably the highest possible level of competition uh and assuming he goes one one i think at this point it would be an absolute shock if he did not go one one assuming he goes one one he gets to go to the to the cincinnati Bengals and zach taylor who <laughs> was a former quarterback and a former quarterback coach and in a system where he should be highly successful, they're starting to gain, gain assets again. They're starting to gain new weapons. He could absolutely do similar to what Kyler did this year, where he is viable from day one as a starting quarterback for your team. Yeah. Kyler, Kyler Murray finishes quarterback seven on the year. Right, and Zach Taylor likes to run a little bit of that air raid offense, just like Joe Brady did at LSU. So Joe Burrow is going to come in there, and he's going to be comfortable with what he's running. Um, and just like we hit on every, everything we just said, you know, Rich, you talk about a lot when I listen to the podcast and I'm not here, of course, um, those intangibles that we can't really pick up on just watching film. But some things that you can pick up on with Joe Burrows is he was a son of a coach. His dad was a coach yeah. growing up. So you always like to hear about that. He, he was raised with the game in his blood. 
Um, so you know that he knows the game. He he looks at the entire field. He uses his eyes very well. He hits those 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 windows. Um, throws his guys open, like Rich says. I, I love Burrow, and the only thing that would switch Tua and Burrow for me is if Tua, if Tua is completely cleared because I think Tua has just done it over the course of time. Um, he came in as a freshman and won, and won a national championship, things like that. Um, that those that, That's the only thing that would really switch it for me. Matt, Tua, chime in here. On Tua? Uh, Joe Burrow. Or, or Burrow. Yeah, I thought Either I was one. talking about Burrow. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the the Burrow, you know, the, the thing that I like is that he got the – the, the coaching from a guy that, that eventually ended up in the NFL. So, I mean, he's get, he got good coaching and he, and you saw the results. I mean, this past year, obviously in 2018 was his first year in LSU. And, it, you know, I think he admitted even that he was like, there was a lot going on. He had a lot, he had a lot of new, new stuff in his environment. And that was kind of like a, uh, a year where he was getting acclimated to a lot of stuff. And then in 2019 is just like this huge explosion of numbers. And, you know, he, he's winning the Heisman, he's, he's breaking records. Um, and, and I would expect a lot of that stuff to carry over. Um, Joe Brady, I believe was, was with the saints before he went to LSU. So it's, it's, he's bringing, he's, he got some of the, the NFL concepts already, which is a, a really nice thing. And it's going to be a huge leg up when he makes the transition, I think, to the NFL. We mentioned scapegoat running backs for uh, quarterbacks by Austin Eckler. So good. He's going to go in there with Joe Mixon, who's a really good pass catcher running back. He's going to go in there with a Hall of Fame receiver in A.J. Green, a really good number two receiver in Tyler Boyd. Uh, Auden Tate's not a bad number three out there. We'll see if Drew Sample could take a step forward to form a second round pick there, but at least he's a good block in tight end. Ross could take the top off the defense as well. So oh, that, he still plays all. the NFL? Well, you know, when he's when he's healthy. Yeah, well, you know, Joe Burrow does throw a good deep ball. Uh, you know, John <laughs> and Ross, he's proven that he can spread it around as well. I mean, he's not one of these guys that needs one guy to lock in on. I mean, at LSU, he was, he was moving the ball around to so many different players, and he knows how to distribute to a lot of different players. So, I mean, it's not like one of those things where – that's a negative, like he's got too much going on. Yeah, I can see him even like coming out next year's class is going to be strong with a guy like Justin Field and then, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence to me, who is like the next pretty much, you know, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady, uh, Payne Manning. Uh, he's that good. Trevor Lawrence, by this time next year, we'll be talking about him like he's uh, touchdown Jesus out there. It, it's going to be it's going to be gross the way we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence this time next year. And NFL teams giving up uh, everything in their mother to get up and get him. Up. But even then, I'd have him right behind uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think Joe Burrow is that good. I think he's going to a good situation as well. Uh, you know, growing up in Southern Ohio, he's already aware of the weather. So it's not like he's got one of these warm weather QBs going to a cold situation, either playing Cincinnati. He's got good weapons around him. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. There's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could say to make me not take him one, one in the Superflex leagues. That's small hand, Rich. He got small hands. He does, but you know, Hey, Pat Mahomes only had nine and a quarter inch hands. And uh, I think he's doing just fine. He's all right. Yeah, you can do okay. <laughs> Next quarterback, who to me is, again, the clear-cut number two. And I understand why everybody why, – I understand when the arguments come into effect. We have jo, we have Tua Tugavaiola, quarterback out of Alabama, comes at six foot flat. Not six foot and eighth, not six no. foot one. And He's very precise in everything he does. He's six foot. 217 pounds, 10-inch hands. 
Um, in 2018, this is a guy who started all 15 games, completed 69% of his passes uh, for 3,966 yards, 43 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Came into 2019, but was only able to get nine starts uh, because he got that hip injury. And it was just a minor hip. They even call that like an injury. That was like a, what's the injury called? Um, like trauma. Trauma injury. It was that bad. He still had a really good year. Came in, uh, completed 180 passes on 252 attempts. Good for 71.4% uh, completion percentage. 2,840 uh, yards passing. Had 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions, which was fantastic. Ran the ball well. He had 23 attempts um, for uh, 17 yards. That's not very well, actually, for uh, point, <laughs> 0.7 yards Ooh. and two touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, so Tua is, is a guy who was deemed as a dual threat quarterback and he's been a dual through dual threat quarterback. But the big thing that I'm concerned about with him, we mentioned, you guys mentioned his, you know, not as just his hip, but he's had two ankle surgeries on both ankles. And that hip injury is not a minor injury. That's a major injury. And we don't know how that's going to be getting hit again. I mean, hip injuries are injuries that kind of ended Bo Jackson's career. So the biggest concern for him is just durability because it's not just his hip. It's his, it's his ankles as well. This guy's had a concussion it, already. It's definitely all concerning. Um, but the thing that he has, I mean, it's just pinpoint accuracy with this guy. All the stuff that we love, he has. He's got the intangibles. He's He crushed all the interviews at the Combine. All, I mean, all everyone that I heard – you know, speak of it was like, oh my gosh, this guy, he, he's fantastic. He, he can't wait to turn, like, turn the conversation away from himself and put all the emphasis on his teammates. And he, he's a guy that's going to be able to lead people, which, I mean, you know, there's a lot of mixed reviews kind of coming out of, of, of the Burrow stuff in this respect, but Tua is just nothing but glowing reviews. So what, what you, you know, the thing that you can never tell is what he, who he is, you know, between his ears and from all, all accounts Tua is a really good person and he's going to be a good leader in the NFL. How many 18 year olds can come in midway through a national championship game and lead their team to, to the title? Like uh, I was 18 once. No, you're right. I mean, he's got a good head on his show. He's yeah. Two is a really good quarterback. I mean, he, Absolutely. he, he can almost reminds you of another left, former left-handed quarterback and Steve Young. You know, in the way he can move, in the way he gets run the ball, and how accurate it is. And I like Tua, but this there's there's two things that really put Joe Burrow above him. Because when you want to sit here and say Tua is very accurate, that's not enough for me because Joe Burrow's very accurate. So it's not like, right. well, I like Tua more because he's more accurate. Okay, that's great. So is Joe Burrow. He's literally just as accurate pretty much as Tua. It's the injuries, which are a major concern because it's sure. all lower body injuries. So that's where all your arm strength comes from. Like those ankles, you know, if you, he's a smaller guy, so he's going to be able to hit by much bigger guys here in the NFL. That's a concern. That hip is always going to be concerned at all points, which can also lead to arthritis down the road as well. Um, and also I see like the pocket presence and that pocket poise. I think Joe Burrow is literally light years ahead of Tua. I mean, you can see moments at Tua where like, in a pocket, sometimes he would get a little antsy at times and and roll on the pocket where Joe, you didn't see that Joe Burrow. This is not a negative. Like I'm not trying to talk down on two on this. For you sure. know what I mean, I think two is a very good quarterback. We have to be nitpicky. I think class. he's going to be the number two pick. In the, he should. He could be the number two pick in the draft. If not, he's going to be the second quarterback off the board, top three at the most, uh, the worst. But to me, if I'm looking here, if I had to, if I, if I have to nitpick and say who's be, who's going to be the better long term quarterback here. To me, it's just Joe Burrow. Where's Tua going to go? Is he going to go to Miami? Which one's a better situation right now? Is it Cincinnati? Is it Miami? 
to me, it's Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's another edge to Joe Burrow. Who's yeah, going to have the better good, weapons? You know, really good point. if that's where it goes, you know, uh, if he ends up in, you know, I know uh, our, our one buddy would love to see him uh, in uh, San Diego. Uh, L.A., that's L.A. Or, yeah. man, I, I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to stop saying San Diego. Maybe one day I will. But, uh, you know, he, he would be, he would look great in a Chargers uniform. And then I think that's all of a sudden, like, a much closer conversation as far as, like, landing spot and opportunity there. Um, and, and at the end of the day, if I'm on the clock at this moment, I am still taking Joe Burrow. But would I be upset if somebody also loved Joe Burrow and wanted to trade up to get him? and I could trade back and get Tua, I would be very happy taking the extra draft capital and, and taking Tua to him. Yeah, but what kind, of, what kind of draft capital are you talking about? Like, are you like, hey, I'll give you 3-1. Is that enough for you? Uh, th- what, what with it? Oh, so three, it. oh, three, one. I think yeah, one, three. Yeah, they have one, you're in a super flex draft. No, no that have, wouldn't be enough. That okay, wouldn't be enough. Yeah, so that's, you're talking significant. You have to, you have to give me a second round pick, and then and then that's, that's worth <sighs> that's it for lot. me And nobody's do. doing it because they're going to take Tua. And I'd just be happy to take Tua there too, but... I, again, you know, Jared, you have him as QB1. You got your flip-flopping I'm on close. him. Yep. Matt says close. To me, again, this is a clear tier one and clear two, and I love Tua, but when I take the quarterback, because, you know, just like an NFL team, I'm taking this quarterback in my super flex league, de- definitely with my high pick now. Mm-hmm. Those quarterbacks are so hard to get in super flex leagues, the, the rookie drafts. They always go one, two, three. So you literally have to be a terrible team to get them or move up and give up assets to get them. So... I am thinking long term here. You know, I've had I mentioned this a thousand times on this podcast over the last six years. I've had Drew Brees as my quarterback in my first dynasty league for sixteen years. We're going to year seventeen, and me having Drew Brees as my starting quarterback. So longevity. You know, this is the one position when we talked about that trade before with Joe Burrow. It's like you're looking to get that longevity. Twelve years, which so seven, Joe, Drew Brees is an outlier lasting seventeen years. But if you can get twelve years out of a guy, For you sure. can only pray some of your dynasty leagues last twelve years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like the people that you be able to talk to—that's a long time. Five years is such a long time. So twelve years out of a guy, you know, say Tua, you say you say you do get like say you can get like eight years out of Tua, right? Because uh, say something happens, he does get hurt. Something happens to his hip, his ankles, his feet. Something goes bad, and that's it. But then you get 15 years out of Joe Burrow. You're talking seven extra years out of a quarterback position that you do not, like, it's already hard enough to get those elite guys. And that's not saying Joe Burrow's elite, but if Joe Burrow could just be a top 16 quarterback, you know, a top 16, and out of the track record we've seen, obviously, Baker had down the year last year, besides Jamarcus Russell, and you can argue Alex Smith, I guess, as well, most of these picks that are, are the first overall pick in NFL draft, they pan out. Like, they're relevant when it comes to fantasy football. Like, that's that's a good hit rate. At least the quarterbacks are hard to come by, but the 1-1, at least, is good enough. Like, Jared Goff has had a top-five finish. Yeah. Right? Jared Goff is probably going to have a rebound year. So, to me, you know, Burrow's going number 1-1 most likely in NFL draft for a reason. You know? So, it's the same thing. NFL draft people, like, their, their jobs depend on it. Are going to take Joe Burrow over Tua Tagovailoa. So, just hypothetical here. What what happens for you guys if Tua ends up going number one? I I would still in this situation. I would still take. Uh, Even if the landing spots are flipped, so Burrow's now in Miami. Yeah, I just like I okay. like Joe Burrow. But again, okay. it, it's 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 not a lot. It's not leaps and bounds. 
but it's the little things here that are going to lead me back to Joe Burrow. You know, when we start breaking down these running backs, it's going to be the little things, right? Because they're all good. Yep. You know, when you sit here, I'm like, oh, how do you have Jonathan Taylor uh, at three? What are you What are you thinking? It's like, dude, I don't like, it's not like I don't like Jonathan Taylor, but I have to rank them. You know what I mean? Hairs. I have to rank them. Nothing's worse when you get on Twitter and you see other, especially it's even worse when you see other, other analysts do this, where these analysts, dynasty analysts, are arguing with each other yep. on Twitter. They're arguing on Twitter for their opinion. It's like their opinion's better than your opinion. Okay. First of all, dude, let me see your track record over the last five years. How about that? How about that? And two, it's like, you don't know anything, dude. You don't know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad when they get to the NFL. It's you're giving your best opinion. They're all educated guesses. They're all educated educated best guesses. And you guess what? You know, gets the most biggest following and you know, the biggest crowd reaction. It's the people who are right more than wrong. So that's fine that you believe that. And I believe this, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with it. That's great, dude. You like, you like Henry Ruggs? Um, you like Jalen Rager more than Henry Ruggs? Cool. I like Henry Ruggs. Guess what? In three years, we'll know who's right. Yep. Simple as that. Like, yep. I'm not going to argue with it. I don't know for sure. I mean, I do. Got them crystal balls and a 750 hitting record. But, you know, man, I'm not here to brag. You know, I'm not here saying I'm nine, right 99.9% of the time. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> so, you know, so we don't know even with the quarterbacks. But right now, Again, I, it doesn't matter where they land when it comes to a quarterback situation. Just like it doesn't matter where J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift lands for me, he's pretty much the one-one, pretty much. So, same thing with the quarterbacks. So, where would you guys be comfortable taking them in a one QB league? Ooh, now you start talking like it's much more like difficult. Two o three with these guys, I think they're two o five. Yeah. I see that's that's really subjective because like, do you need a quarterback? Because in one let's, QB let's league, they, let's say we do. Let's yeah. say we need a quarterback. If you need a quarterback, I'm as good right around, yeah, like right you said, two, three. Mm-hmm. But honestly, with a guy like Joe Burrow, if I really need a quarterback and I feel like he's not going to be to me at, in the third, I'm okay at 2 1. Because I got my running back in DeAndre Swift, or maybe I took CeeDee Lamb because I'm lat- loaded at running back, which I'm totally okay with if you took CeeDee Lamb at this point at 1 1 if you need a receiver because he's that good. Uh, I, I would say 2 1 to 2 3 right around there for yeah. Joe Burrow. You know, but then I also want to see, I, I'd have to know my league because sometimes you can let someone slip. Like if Justin Herbert goes to like the Chargers, then I'm like, okay, I'll wait to 3-1. I'd, I'd gamble or try and move up a little bit, you know, yeah. for Justin Herbert. But right around there in the think you league. I don't think I feel comfortable at 2-1. I mean, I, I feel better in the 2-5 range uh, to start off in the quarterbacks. I mean, like I said, like like you said, Rich, I feel like there's probably three that you're going to be at least be able to start, you know what I mean, with, with Herbert being the third one. So I don't think I'd force it that early. Yeah, you're uh, actually right, Matt. I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel okay taking, you know, like getting Herbert in the third round if I missed, missed on one of those other two. No, I, I agree. And you're right, because the guy you take at 2-1, you could probably just trade for a Jared Goff or something along those lines. And that's the thing. Like, in one QB league, you could literally just get by by trading for older quarterbacks. For sure. And get by. And, like, I mean, you, dude, t- Tom Brady gets passed around in leagues like it ain't no thing. You know what I mean? Like, right now, you can go out there and get an older quarterback. Or, uh, you know, quarterbacks are so obtainable in one QB leagues, it's not hard to get. Like, when you, pa- you make the right package. So, there's really no need to force the situation. Because, like you said, say you really do need a quarterback. Well, Joe Burrow's not coming in and saving your, you know, saving your, your, your team. So, you're better off taking a guy, the positional player, Use him, and then if he pans out, you can go even get a better quarterback, or at least a for sure thing quarterback. Besides, these quarterbacks, even though as much as I like Joe Burrow, everybody's a gamble, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you you could probably use that pick into a Denzel Mims or a Brian Edwards or a Keyshawn Vaughn or Zach Moss, and actually utilize that player if they hit 
into a much better quarterback. I mean, in a one QB league, if you take Keyshawn Vaughn, and he comes into, say, a running back 15, running back 16, right about there. Oh, you're loving life. You can easily get somebody's because every in every one QB league, everybody has a number. To, some there's at least four teams that have a good number two QB, like a good, at least a good one. You know, some of them end up with the guys that have Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, something along those lines. So you can get one of those guys for the right price, and it could be a for sure thing. That's how I feel about it, at least. Yeah, I'm I'm right around the same range. I'm I'm in that kind of mid second round uh, where I'd feel comfortable taking because I do think he's that good. I do think he's one of the best uh, prospects we've seen uh, in a long time. But because I have him and Tua so close, uh, I, I'll probably let somebody else pull the trigger first, and then I'll probably pull the trigger a little bit later on Tua. And if I was real desperate for quarterback, honestly, like even like I'm I'm thinking next year, 2021, and I'll oh, go in Fields and, and Lawrence. You know, because like you gotta imagine. In a one QB league, right? If you need a quarterback bad, like you could put yourself in a position with not having a one one or one, you know, top. Definitely how deep the receiving class is going to be. In a one QB league, you be next year, you get probably Trevor Lawrence between pick six and twelve, like easily. You can make a you can make a move for it. And if I'm making a move for a quarterback that I think is a hundred percent going to be, like honestly, a potential Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. in NFL, like that good. Like I think Trevor Lawrence is that good. Like, put him in. You know, he's gonna be like he's. We're gonna look back at it. Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, like that good. You know, when he's, he's the that, one one, he's that John Wellways, for sure. Exactly. So if I'm gonna make a move for a quarterback, I'm gonna wait for that because then Trevor Lawrence should probably even start next year, his rookie year, and then for sure get that Kyler Murray uh, effect out of there. So Herbert's probably our number three, but we're gonna talk about him in the next show. Uh, let's move on to another quarterback here by the name of. Let's talk about Jacob Eason. Quarterback out of Washington, six foot five and seven eight, so he's pretty much six foot six, two hundred and thirty one pounds, has nine and a half inch hands, ran a four eight nine forty, uh, seven and a half, seven point five second three cone drill. He's somebody who last year for threw for three thousand one hundred and thirty two yards, sixty four point two percent completion percentage, twenty three touchdowns, eight interceptions. This is a guy who started at Georgia as a true freshman until he hurt his knee in the first game of his sophomore year, and lost that job to freshman Jake Fromm. He played only five games in twenty eighteen, making seven throws uh, before transferring for the twenty nineteen season to Washington, his hometown state. Uh, this is a guy who's got very very strong arm. Really good velocity. Rumored to be a four first round quarterback prospect, potentially a guy who uh, Bruce Arians likes a lot. Um, some of the cons on Jacob Eason here are going to be like, you know, when he gets under pressure, does not look good at all. He's not very mobile. Took a lot of sacks when he could have just thrown the football away. Um, his timing is off with way more times than you'd like to see. So to me, there's a lot of question marks out here about Jacob Eason, but he does got the he's got the size and he does have the arm, and there is rumors that he's gonna be a first round pick in the NFL draft in a quarterback starving league. What say you fellas? Let's start with our guest, Jared Wackerly. What do you think of Jacob Eason? Well, he's got those attributes that, you know, those old school NFL guys like he's six six, he's huge, like you said. Got a huge arm, but um, he does suffer under pressure. He he, I forget what the exact stats were, but um, his his statistics were abysmal when he faced pressure. I think he was one of the worst, if not the worst. If he were to be selected in the first round over the last like three seasons, he would have like the worst completion percentage when facing pressure. 
Um, other than Daniel Jones, he was the other really bad guy in that category. Remember, Drew Locke last year was really bad under pressure as well, and he took a giant leap forward this year uh, with Denver. We saw. Yeah, um, and that's and that's the thing. Like you, you see tons to you that you love when you watch him just throw in a clean pocket. He looks amazing, a la you know Locke last year, and but everything completely broke down. I don't think. I don't see the same issues with Jacob Eason. He, he doesn't look as good when there's pressure. But, I mean, last year, Locke looked like he was just completely crapping himself every time there's pressure. So there are some similarities, I think, between the two guys. But, you know, Jacob Eason, to me, I, I color me intrigued, I guess. But the consistency is the, the main issue I see with this prospect. He's just one play, he'll look amazing. But like, but when things break down in front of him, he, he does have a tendency to become a little bit more erratic. The Kind of like Jordan Love, huh? <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. He's mm-hmm. erratic. He doesn't have much touch. So he's going to throw the ball through your chest if he, you're five it's a, yards it's from him. It's a fastball, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's coming. One it's all Der- like De- Derek Anderson, um, you know, a Browns quarterback of the past who – you know, ended up he ended up being a, a nice one-year starter, and then he, he was basically a backup to Cam Newton for years. But that was his biggest issue. He could throw the ball 60 yards on a line, but when you're running a five-yard crossing route, it's going to come 100 miles an hour and take your head off. So uh, he does have some things he's got to work on. But there's, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of NFL um, coaches out there kind of salivating over what they see. Um, knowing that there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, and you, uh, and you, you need touch on your you need touch on your football. There's a guy at the Senior Bowl uh, who we're not going to talk about on the podcast. Now we'll probably talk, probably talk to him in Superflex leagues after the draft. But James Morgan from quarterback from Florida International, same thing. You know, guy has a rocket arm, but you know, it doesn't matter what he throws to you. It's a fastball, and that's concerning. You have to have touch in a, in the league. There, there's times last year where some of the complaints about Baker Mayfield from some of the receivers were like, dude, he's just throwing the ball so hard every single time, like. Let's get some touch on that bad boy. Yeah, with Jacob Eason, uh, it, it is interesting that, you know, you mentioned before uh, he lost the job to Fromm, uh, ends up transferring out. And one of the reasons that Kirby Smart gave to giving that job to Fromm over giving it to Jacob Eason was uh, Eason's leadership. Uh, he doesn't, he's not a guy that's rallying the troops. He's not a guy that, like, is going to bat for you. Like, he, and that's a big concern for me. Like, if you're the leader of your team, you're the quarterback of your team, you need to be a glue guy. You're, you need to be bringing people in. And if there's already enough, like, I don't want to say red flags, but at least yellow flags in his game where it's like, uh, he wasn't consistent here, he's not the most mobile, he's overthrowing receivers, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I, I can't, like, get behind the dude off the field. That's enough for me to say, like, he's probably going to go too high for where I'm going to be willing to take him, And I'll probably pass. Yeah. Like, and, and sorry, uh, go ahead. No, like Jared said, like the attributes that you need to have, it's multiple ones. You know, you just can't be singular. You can't have just attributes, you know, where you can do your laundry on your stomach. That's not going to get you anywhere. You know, if you're, if you're having a belly contest, yeah, but you need to, like you said, you, you, you need to be a leader and definitely from a guy who's not mobile at all, at, at all. He, no. He's a statue out there. Yeah, and it, and, it, and I I heard Jacob Eason and and Jake Fromm kind of being compared as polar opposites. You know, Jake Fromm obviously doesn't have the physical attributes that a Jacob Eason does, but he's got he brings everything from the mental aspect that Jacob Eason doesn't, and also from a leadership aspect um, that Jacob Eason doesn't. So it is it does make for a very interesting evaluation, and 
um, when I start hearing things like that, it doesn't encourage me about a guy. Um, so that is something I want to dig in because a little bit more on because the, the physical attributes, when everything's perfect, he looks great. So there's a lot of potential there, but there are enough little knocks that I, I got to dig in a little bit more at this point in the evaluation process. And to be fair in the way you broke this up, cause we're talking about Jake Fromm and in the next episode, uh, cause Jake Fromm, yeah, like Matt said above the head and, and, and you know, in the, in his brain, the way he thinks about football and the way he sees the field is fantastic. It's just everything else that's a concern. Uh, and it, you know, be fair with me in the Superflex League, let everybody know off the top right now as we sit here early March, there's only really about 3.75 quarterbacks I even want in my Superflex Leagues. You know, I want Justin Herbert. I want Tua. I want Burrow. Uh, I would take, you know, I would take Jordan Love on my, on if my he, team. If he goes in the first round. It, yeah. You know, in the first round, which he most it, it looks will, like he will. You know, and I guess the 0.25% would be like, Maybe Jalen Hurts, yeah, maybe, maybe from, yeah. maybe from, you know, Eason in a Superflex League. Yeah, if it goes in the first round somewhere, but ugh, I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to look at Jacob Eason and just see like a talented NFL quarterback. Like I don't know if he goes in the first round. I'm not really overly excited. Yeah, uh, hello, Brock Osweiler. Right, that's that's a great comp. Um, personally, I, I won't be touching him at this point. I don't think even in super flex leagues I, if, if he goes first round i probably would take him maybe in the back in the in mid second if he's still there and try to flip him if he does get some playing time like hey man you need a starting quarterback right well here you go and try to get some sort of capital back sure. for him uh go that strategy but as far as like a talent standpoint i'm not really on the jake easton boat yeah I, i'm with you there so but again he's talking about somebody as going to be a first round pick if he does in super flex leagues, he's going to be very intriguing because anytime there's a first round pick in super flex leagues, usually there's some good value at quarterback. But at the same time, Daniel Jones went number four overall last year to New York Giants. And that was an extra quarterback I liked a lot. And you could still get him in anywhere from pick six to 12 last year, which I. Oh, there were times he was going in the second round. Oh, well, well I single handedly put a stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you ask anybody why Daniel Jones stopped going late in any drafts, uh, I am not afraid to slap myself on the back on that one. I single-handedly, as a president of the Daniel Jones fan club, uh, stopped all that. You know, uh, Other analysts were doing that, and I said, listen, people, if you're going to be actual fantasy, dynasty, fantasy football analysts, you got to stop doing silly things by not taking Daniel Jones in the first round. It doesn't make any sense. And here we are today. There we go. Do you want Daniel Jones on your Superflex team? Absolutely. Damn right you do. Let's move on, right, to some more quarterbacks. that Moving right along. That we might not like as much out here. Uh I mentioned next guy we're talking about that this is a guy that Jared, I think you said you're somewhat intrigued by Anthony Gordon, quarterback out of Washington State, six foot two and three eighths. That three eighths does matter, people. Two hundred and five pounds, nine and three quarter inch hands. Take that, Joe Burrow. Six hundred eighty nine pass attempts and led the nation in pass attempts. Why? Because his head coach is Mike Leach. Four hundred and ninety three uh Completions out of 689% attempts for 71.6% completion percentage, 5,579 yards for 48 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Most of those numbers only trailed Joe Burrow, by the way, because, again, Mike Leach is his head coach. Uh, this guy is somewhat of an athlete as well. He was drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Is uh, coming out of high school in 2015. He was a 36th round pick out there. He was a backup to the most famous recently, Gardner Minshew, in 2018. The moustache, the moustache himself. Ooh, Mr. Mustachio himself. So he is only a one-year starter 
in a raid offense, but you know, some of these raid offense guys like Pat Mahomes have found success outliers. Um, some of his pros is, you know, he showed really good touch on the ball. Wasn't afraid to, uh, afraid to stand in the pocket strong. Wasn't afraid to take that big hit when it, when, when it was coming down on him to make that big throw. And he made some good anticipatory throws as well where he was you know he would throw the ball before the receiver would get open at the same time though some of the cons is he would stare down his receivers a lot and his deep ball uh you know watching some of the little tape i did on him he would float a lot of those balls downfield as well so it seems like for a guy that has all those yards like the deep ball wasn't really his strong suit um let's go back to jared here jared what uh what are some things that really intrigue you out of Anthony Gordon out of Washington State? Um, he's got a really quick release, so he's able to get the ball out of his hands fast, and that really suits you well in the West Coast offense and the air raid offense. And you're seeing a lot of coaches finding some success using the air raid offense uh, scheme in the NFL. So I think there's going to be some teams out there that are going to maybe give this guy a chance in the third or fourth round. Um, he did pretty well at the Senior Bowl. He was there. Uh, at times, this this guy like will pull out some crazy plays out of his. We're not allowed to cuss on this one. You just right? do whatever you want. This is the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll pull it out of, out of his ass. Ooh, you bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him make some like crazy like jump throws, falling to the side, on point, accurate. But um, like Rich said, he, he does struggle with the arm strength. Um, so that's definitely a con. And I think a great comp for him, as easy as it is to say, and like how cliche it is, is Gardner Minshew. <laughs> he plays just like him. So um, I like Anthony Gordon. He's intriguing. I, I like him more of a pr- as a prospect than Jacob Eason, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing about you know, the, the Gardner Minshew comp is it's, they, they are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gardner Minshew sees the field a little bit better uh, than Anthony Gordon, but, I mean, that's a lot of yards to throw for. Yeah, and and a, a good completion percentage as well when you're when you're throwing that many passes, uh, and and it's not like it was a secret. Like they knew it was coming. They're throwing the football. Um, one of the thing that was a, a plus for him is he actually had one of the best uh, pass offensive lines in the country. And you would see at times like he would have some good time to throw, and he would have some really clean pockets. Uh, football outsiders actually for for his sack rate, and part of this is due to, you know, he was able to make some things happen, but but the, uh, the offensive line grades, uh, football outsiders gave him the third best line in the country uh, as far as sack rate goes. So he was protected pretty well compared to some of these other quarterbacks. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he didn't have quite as much time to make make some of these passes happen. Uh, so, so that is a, a little bit of a question mark for me, but when you're talking about a player that has upside, uh, and a good offense seems, from all accounts, seems like a very intelligent, smart kid. And like you said, Jared, that quick release, super quick, super smooth, um, very good delivery, uh, and he's pretty accurate. So when when you have all of those types of traits, there's there's definitely some upside there. And so if I'm in super flex leagues and I can get him in a you know late third, early fourth, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as a project player, I'm okay with that. So you you like him in Superflex then? Like, like yeah, third, I would as take a third round pick. Let's see where he lands potentially. Yeah. Then, you know, as long as he's not landed on the Chiefs, right? Um, in a situation where he might have any kind of window, whether it be injury, even like a place like the Lions potentially. Carolina sure, um, would be a good spot for him too. Carolina would be a really Joe nice spot. Oh yeah, role. with Joe Brady, yeah. Brady as well. Um, let's hear Matt's opinion on uh, Anthony Gordon here. Yeah, I mean, I have much of the same. Um, and and really, the interesting thing that that Garrett was just talking about was the offensive line um and I so you like a sack rate too (laughs) I I, exactly you know me and sacks um 
I, the interesting thing is I wonder how much of that offensive line graded out better due to his quick release because I, he makes really fast decisions uh, once the ball is snapped. So there, there isn't a lot of time where these guys are having to hold up and, and hold their, their um, blocks for very long. Uh, so, you know, some of that might be on the offensive line, but some of it may be on him, a la like a Tom Brady in the NFL who, you know, this past year didn't have the best offensive line, but he wasn't getting sacked a ton because he, he just knows how to get rid of the ball quickly. So similarly, you know, Anthony, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say Anthony Gordon is as good as Tom Brady, but no, go ahead, you dude. heard it go here first. Yeah, put it out. I mean, come on, put yourself out there, dude. Get a couple followers. From that, from that respect. He I might mean, get taken in the sixth as well. He might get taken in the sixth. Oh, thing, man. be the next, you know, Gardner Minshew. I mean, Tom Brady. Six uh, and sacks. Oh, <laughs> Pervy McGurvey's. Go on. So, you know, there, there is a lot to like about this guy. Uh, you know, he can create a little bit with his legs. Like like you guys said, he, he played other sports. And he's not an unathletic guy. So, you know, where uh, Jacob Eason is, you know, struggling to, to move around, this guy can actually move a little bit. He's got a really quick release. He can throw from multiple arm angles as well, um, which, which, you know, you see in a few of these games. And, and he's accurate. So there, there's enough there to me that, if he gets in the right situation, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, when I when I started the show and I said like, there's two things I really love about a quarterback. I really need is you know them to be smart and accurate. You know, I I don't think a quick release would be too far behind that as well because that is really important because that that nanosecond that you can get by holding that ball a little bit longer is that, that's the difference between a receiver being open, seeing that receiver open, um, giving that offensive line just a little bit more time, like you mentioned as well. It's a really really important thing for a quarterback, and it's something that we don't talk about a lot. But a quick release, like you said, you mentioned Tom Brady. Paint Manning, uh, guys that you see that never get sacked. They don't get sacked for a reason because they get the ball out of their hands really quickly when they need to. So, and, and, and one of the things is, you know, quarterbacks, they need to have a, a quick processor as well. And, you know, if, if a guy is able to get rid of the ball quickly, at least it's an indication that he, he's at least processing the information quickly. And that's at least part of why he can get rid of it. Yeah, and that's why I have an iMac throwing my footballs too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Anthony Gordon's a nice uh, prospect here, and I think I'm with you. Like, he's more intriguing than a guy like Jacob Eason. Where Jacob Eason's going to be a guy that who's going to go higher probably in Superflex rounds for, you know, because of NFL draft caliber. Anthony Gordon does have some nice attributes that you could say, okay, I can see him, you know, sitting behind somebody for a couple of years and then get into, you know, later down the road become a viable quarterback you know will he be good who knows but somebody who might have an opportunity to start and in super flex leagues that's all you're looking for absolutely it's just a starter you know somebody that's gonna go out there and with that completion percentage out of that many balls that he threw at 71.6 percent 5,579 yards 689 attempts it's pretty impressive playing at washington state nonetheless let's get to one more guy and then we'll get out of here uh, we'll head into the Nerd Herd episode where we could break down guys like Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, who'd probably mm-hmm. argue is the number three and four quarterbacks in this class. Mm-hmm. Well, we will argue it, you know. Did, did, did you hear about the the debate or the uh, the bet between McShay and uh, and uh, Mel Kiper? What is the bet? The bet, literally on air bet, five grand as to which one goes first to a charity, right? Uh, I don't know. It probably who took Herbert? Uh, I believe Mel Kiper took Herbert. And Todd McShay took Jordan, or uh, yeah, Jordan Love, I believe. Ooh, it's interesting. I have to go back and look. McShay's and, getting five grand, huh? <laughs> Can't wait for that. Um, 
Let's talk about one more guy, and we'll talk about that next show here. Steven Montez, quarterback out of Colorado, six foot four, two hundred thirty-one pounds, nine and three eighths hands, ran a four six eight forty seven two five three cone drill, which is not bad for a guy his size. He was two hundred fifty. He is two fifty-five of four hundred five on his pass attempts. Sixty-three percent completion percentage for two thousand eight hundred eight yards. Seventeen touchdowns. Ten interceptions. Also had nine hundred fifty total rushing yards and twelve touchdowns. This is another quarterback who also gets the ball out very quickly and has some nice touch on his football. Has a really nice arm uh, as well out of Colorado, but he's also somebody who you know, one of his cons is playing at Colorado is goes through his reads really slowly, stares down his receivers. Um, yeah, you know, I'd argue you, that he doesn't even go through his reads most of the time. You, it's, you, it's his first. It's his first read. Is is that's where it's going? And you can see a lot of uh, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, and you see a lot of honestly. Once you start getting out of that second tier of quarterbacks, that's what you see. You know, it's one of the things when we talk about, like, you love Justin Fields. Like, I see that out of Justin Fields for Ohio State sometimes too much. Like, dude, stop staring down your receiver so much and look the other way. Go through your progressions. Yeah, it's, he does it's, hold on to it. He does. So, you know, but Steven Montez, intriguing here. Um, you know, later round pick here. Uh, does get the ball out well. Garrett, what do you see in Steven Montez? Yeah, uh, when you look at the the size and the athleticism, that, that's appealing. Um, that's something that you like to see out of a guy that's that big, that mobile. Uh at times, though, I almost think it was to his detriment. Uh, he was a little skittish. Um, you know, he would he would face pressure, and you could tell it's it's the first read, or or I'm out of here uh, because I, I he get happy feet in the pocket, and his mechanics were uh, not nearly as smooth as a guy like we just talked about in Gordon. Um, I, I think for me, he's probably looking at you know being a sixth, seventh round pick, and it's it's a developmental guy at best, probably not really on many people's radars yeah he's a guy that's you know big like you said um probably get drafted later he's a project uh his dad played collegiately and professionally um he had a couple different coaching staffs at Colorado that he went through and a lot of I think there's a lot of press out there about how good of a leader he is so those are the kind of things you like to hear um but as far as you know somebody that you would take in your dynasty league or um, you know, even a one QB league, you know, you're I, I personally probably not going to touch this guy at all. So, yeah. All right, Matt, you got anything, you got anything about Steven Montez? I mean, obviously the, the, the 40 time, uh, speaks well to his athleticism as of the tape. Um, but that's, I mean, that's what he is. That's like his best attribute is his movement skills at this point. So it's, He's a one. He's a one read QB, and you know, there, sure, there's guys that can probably work around that. You know, if he's a guy that's only filling in, but he's he's not going to be like a long term starter unless he you know advances in that field. So it's going to be one of those things where he's definitely a developmental guy. I'm I'm not touching him anywhere before like the fourth, fifth round or something like that in a super flex and in a in a one QB league. You know, if you, if you got if you're in the sixth round or something like that, and, oh, no. and you're looking, and you're looking at like no, you're absolutely not. nothing else there. I mean, no, who not. knows? I, yeah, no, you're not. You're right. This draft is way probably, too. You know how many wide receiver episodes we're going to do this year? We're probably going to break the record for how many wide receiver <laughs> episodes we have to do this year. That's how low this class. We're is. just going to do them until the start of the season. Yeah, I can promise you one thing. In this year, come the fifth and sixth round of your rookie draft, you're not going to be like, oh man, I don't even know who this is. You're gonna be like. 
I'll take him. He, he was a fourth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> Darius Slayton. All right. Dude, if you can get Darius Slayton last year in the fourth round of your rookie draft or fifth round of your rookie draft, there's going to be somebody there this year that you're going to like. There is a lot, a lot of wide receivers. And, you know, here when we get to the back end of these shows, we're talking about the quarterback. Sorry, folks. Sometimes it gets a little boring because the quarterback class just isn't that deep. But don't worry because this 2020 class, oh, man. Oh, it's, it's really deep. Really deep. Yeah, like if if you're not if you're a small in stature, it's not going to be that enjoyable for you. It's, it's it's that deep. So for me, I'm really excited about getting these. You know, even the tight ends. There's some intriguing guys there. I, I only like about four or five tight ends. Like they intrigue me. There's only two, three that I really like. Yeah. You know, Troutman, Comet, and Bryant. I noticed that you sent me an offer, a trade offer for Hunter Henry the other night. And I was like, oh, Rich has got to be already digging in on these tight ends. And he sees how crappy they are. He's already making an offer up for Hunter Henry. I did. I did. You haven't responded to that offer yet, but I'm, I'll wait in. Yeah. I offered, <laughs> I, I offered uh, a 2020 first and uh, something else. You offered me Preston Williams. Ooh, yeah. uh, like the like the twelfth pick or something in the first. Matt, round. just say first round pick. Just say first round yeah, pick. Just say first round pick. It sounds better. Um, Jason Witten for some ungodly reason. <laughs> Trying and to fill the hole, dude. Take a take a square peg out. Put a square round, peg. And your sixth round draft pick for some ungodly we, reason. We just and mentioned one second ago how deep his class is. Matt, pick one twelve. <laughs> Matt, pick one twelve. That's dude. You can get Denzel Mims potentially there. At one twelve, yeah, you're right. I could. That's a good pick. It's a real, uh-huh. really good pick. Is it super yep, flex? It is. No, <laughs> no, it's just a one QB league. Yeah. Oh yeah, just there. Yeah, I got George Kittle already, but I just have no. I know. Right. That's why I was kind of, I was kind of baffled Rich, that you were trying to go after Hunter Henry too. Rich has like eight tight ends on every team. Not this league. <laughs> this is league. I only have one tight end. It's George Kittle and Ross Dwelly's. Back. Oh, I have Jason Wynn. No, never mind. I have Jason. Never mind. You're fine. You no, know I'm at. I'm yeah, fine. You're fine. I'm fine. Yeah, you don't even. Need I'm fine. Yeah, you don't. George need Kittle's him. that good. So that's it for this episode. Um. We're going to jump right into this nerd episode, continue the the rookie talk on. In the meantime, if you were looking for some more Dynasty content, make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com. There is so much content on there for free, even if you're not a nerd member. So much stuff on there for free. Um, for the nerd members, we have some new tools uh, getting, ready to run, getting ready to launch here really soon. I got a message, I think, yesterday, the day before, about something we've been working on for a while. Um, that I'm going to be able to test out here, uh, hopefully this weekend, which is going to be pretty sweet. We got a lot of things that Jared and uh, Garrett are working on for the Ooh, rookie content yes. wise, uh, rookie like profiles this. and stuff. Really good stuff coming from the nerd herd. This is this is the time you want to join now. Uh, we got some good stuff on there for the nerd. You also get our rankings. You get the Dynasty Nerd film room. So if you want to see these players that we are talking about, we have film tape that's broken down of every one of these players we are going to talk about throughout this rookie process. So not only can you hear us break it down and give you our opinion, you go out there and then listen to what we said and see if you see the same thing or maybe something that we missed or some of the things that we don't really love that you do love. It's a really good tool out there. It's one that you can actually put your own self into our shoes and get a good look for yourself. We'll be uh, working through the prospect film room tonight, 945. Don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah. Wednesday night. Make sure you make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. They're yep. gonna be breaking down Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift on the Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Check out Dynasty Nerds, and of course, join the Facebook group as well. There's a lot seven thousand members on there talking Dynasty all the time. You know, I mean, Dynasty Nerds, one stop shop, ladies and boys. Get on there. In the meantime, if you just want to interact on social media, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. 
I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Price. At Jared Wackerly FF. Yeah, that's Jared. Jared, can you spell that for people? J A R E D W A C K E R L Y F F. With F F was a hard part. I just want to make sure that that was a part I want to get through right. to people. Make sure make they sure mess that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do mumble. Yeah, yeah. Friends forever. That's right. Here we go. So we'll be back next week, uh, starting with the 2020 tight end class for the free show. If you want to hear us to break down other quarterbacks, make sure to join the nerd. Until then, we'll talk to you next week. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.